You're listening to the Easter service preached at Sojourn Church Midtown. On Easter, we celebrate our risen Savior and His victory over sin and death. Today's scripture reading is from Joel chapter 2, verses 18 through 27. Hear the word of the Lord. Then the Lord became jealous for His land and spared His people. The Lord answered His people, Look, I am about to send you grain, new wine, and fresh oil. You will be satiated with them, and I will no longer make you a disgrace among the nations. I will drive the northerner far from you and banish him to dry and desolate land. His front ranks into the Dead Sea and his rear guard into the Mediterranean Sea. His stench will rise. Yes, his rotten stench will rise, for he has done astonishing things. Don't be afraid, land. Rejoice and be glad, for the Lord has done astonishing things. Don't be afraid, wild animals, for the wilderness pastures have turned green. The trees bear their fruit, and the fig tree and grapevine yield their riches. Children of Zion, rejoice and be glad in the Lord your God, because he gives you the autumn rain for your vindication. He sends showers for you, both autumn and spring rain as before. The threshing floors will be full of grain, and the vats will overflow with new wine and fresh oil. I will repay you for the years that the swarming locusts ate, the young locusts, the destroying locusts, and the devouring locusts, my great army that I sent against you. You will have plenty to eat and be satisfied. You will praise the name of the Lord your God, who has dwelt wondrously with you. My people will never again be put to shame. You will know that I am present in Israel and that I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. My people will never again be put to shame. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, peace be with you. He is risen. He is risen. He is risen. He is risen indeed. We would like to welcome you to this uh, This Easter service, if this is your first time joining us here at Soldier in Midtown, we want to give you a hearty welcome. We pray that a song song uh, would bless you or that a word spoken will enrich your life in Jesus Christ. This is uh, a a very important, the most important day of the Christian faith in terms of just celebrating it, uh, because without the resurrection of Jesus Christ, uh, we don't have much to celebrate. And so uh, I pray that as you're at home, that you're, you're comfortable and uh, that you are uh, celebrating this day, um, even though you're not in a church house because of its significance. Uh, we're going to open up with a word of prayer and then we'll dive right in. Uh, Father, thank you so much for your resurrected son, Jesus Christ. I pray, Father God, that you would just breathe upon this sermon and this word and that you would just open our eyes uh, to see and our ears to hear what you have for us this morning. Uh, Jesus, we thank you that you are now seated on the right-hand side of the Father with all power in your hand. And it's through your spirit that indwells your church that we ask you to stir up in us what we need to be uh, faithful followers of you and to receive what you have for us. Speak now, for your servants are listening. In Jesus' name we do pray, amen. Well, we are uh, closing out a series this morning uh, called This Incredible Opportunity. 
this incredible opportunity. And for the last three weeks, we've been looking at how God has called us to respond in the midst of this pandemic, in the midst of adversity. Well, this morning, we want to continue that series and close it out by looking at this incredible opportunity, how the resurrection restores lost years, how the resurrection restores lost years. And you may be thinking, wait a minute, Pastor Jamal. Uh, I've heard of uh, cars being restored, right? You guys remember that old uh, television show? I think it was on MTV called Pimp My Ride. I've seen a car restored. Or or Pastor Jamal, I've seen a a house restored, right? HDTV craze. I've seen homes restored, but I've never seen lost years restored, lost years repaid or returned. And yet, On this strange Easter morning, um, we have a text that appears to be strange and even stranger for an Easter text, but the Bible tells us that God can restore lost time. Look at verse 25 in Joel chapter 2, which will be our focus verse. He says, I will repay, some translations say restore, I will restore you for the years that the swarming locusts ate the young locusts, the destroying locusts, and the devouring locusts, my great army that I sent against you. So here God promises to restore lost years to Israel because of what the swarming locusts has taken. Now, all of us know about this pandemic that we're in the midst of, this COVID pandemic. It is nationwide. All of us are aware of that. But what all of us are not aware of, or many of us are not aware of, is that right now, mainly in East Africa, but also in parts of Asia and the Middle East, there are a a, a pestilence that is occurring because of swarming locusts. Swarming locusts are threatening food supply as well as people's livelihood. Uh, This week, I read a a story from a a Ugandan pastor whose crops are being impacted uh, by these locusts. And he talked about how devastating it is and how these locusts are swarming and they are uh, coming at the absolute worst season and time. Um, As a result, over 3.5 billion people uh, will be impacted. And, and swarming locusts is not something that we're used to hearing about, but for Israel, swarming locusts was a threat to their very livelihood. And God allowed swarming locusts to come to his people here in the book of Joel because they were living in disobedience. They were walking in sin. In verse 27, if we do some reverse engineering uh, on this verse, we see exactly why uh, these uh, swarming locusts have come. They have come as a result of Israel having other gods before God. And that essentially is the foundation of all sin. In Exodus chapter 20, uh, God tells Moses um, to write down uh, 10 commandments. And the very first commandment that the Lord told Moses is this. Then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the place of slavery. Do not have other gods before me. 
And so the very first commandment is not to have any gods before God. And if we have any gods before God, every other commandment that is listed, um, we will break. Because idolatry and false gods um, and placing something or someone as more important in our heart leads us to sin against God. It's what leads to coveting. It's what leads to lying. It's what leads to adultery. It's what leads to all these different things. And so God is, 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 is disciplining Israel and his, his discipline is coming through the form of swarming locusts. And these locusts are eating crops. These locusts are eating grain. These locusts are eating wine. And in Israel, crops and wine, and uh, they, they remind the people of God of his presence, his joy, and his faithfulness. According to Deuteronomy chapter 31, when these things were in abundance, it was because Israel was living faithfully to their God and before their God. But this is not so in this passage. And so when we talk about locusts from here on out, um, I want you to hear that being synonymous with sin. When God tells Israel that he will repay them for the years the swarming locusts has ate, in essence, he's saying, I will repay you for the years that your sin has eaten, that your sin has taken from you. And real quick today, this is what I want to talk about. I want to talk about how the resurrection proves that God can miraculously restore your lost years and your lost tears. And we want to look at this by looking at two questions. What are the lost years that the swarming locusts ate and why? And how does God restore those lost years and tears through Christ's resurrection? And so if you're not a Christian here today, I want you to understand what sin does. The Bible says that sin binds us, it it blinds us, and then it grinds us. Uh, The Bible says that sin steals from us, it takes from us, and ultimately it takes from us the joy that we could have if we are in Christ Jesus. And even for those who are Christians today, we must know that sin, like these swarming locusts, they can steal from us. See, David in Psalm 16, verse 11 says, Lord, you make known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy, your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. And when we are living lives of rebellion, of unrepentance, of sin, we don't get to experience life as God intended for it to be experienced. In fact, we experience life separated from God, which ultimately is death, and destruction. That's why David, in Psalm 51, after he sinned against Bathsheba, prayed, Lord, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. See, locusts steal and take, and the lost years that it it takes from us are, are years that could have been fruitful, but instead they're fruitless. Those are the years where you worked hard, but you have nothing to show for it because God wasn't in it. Those locust years, those years that the locust uh, has, has taken are those selfish years. 
where you and I were living for our own advantage, scheming and living outside of God's will because we wanted to be the Lord of our life. Those are those loveless years where we were looking for love in all the wrong places and in all the wrong spaces where we found ourselves whining and dining, huffing and puffing, laying and and playing, trying to fulfill this God-side hole that was in our heart with other people who did not know Jesus, or if they did know Jesus, uh, did not uh, live before his presence in such a way to love us well. Those lost years of our life are those rebellious, misdirected, Christless, backslidden years, the years that Satan has stolen from us, the the years that we see as lost or unredeemable, the years that that creep into our, our mind and remind us of who we are not, that get us to live in fear and guilt or in shame. And Jesus, resurrection, powerfully speaks to us about our past and promises us that God can repay us for the years that we lost because of sin. That God can repay us for the years that that were destroyed because of our rebellion. That in Christ, we are a, a new creation and we have new life. And the way in which we enter into this covenant, enter into this restoration is by repenting and believing the gospel. Joel chapter two, Joel is preaching to Israel and he is telling them to repent or or more damage will be done. That on the day of judgment, another swarm will come, but this time it won't be locusts. This time it will be God's army. And so in Joel chapter 2, last week, we looked at Joel's words, where Joel says, Even now, this is the Lord's declaration. Turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, weeping, and mourning. Tear your hearts, not just your clothes, and return to the Lord your God. The way in which we receive or are repaid for the years that sin has taken from us is by repenting, is by turning away from our sin and trusting in Christ. And when we do that, we we experience God's compassion. We experience God's grace. We experience this God who says that he is abounding in faithful love and that he relents from disaster when we repent. And so when we look at Joel chapter 2, This is uh, God responding to the children of Israel after they have repented. This is God saying, I will restore you and make it so that those, those crops that you lost, that wine that you lost, that grain that you lost will be restored and replenished in such a way that it will seem like that time has been redeemed. And this is only possible through the resurrection. The resurrection restores lost years and lost tears. The resurrection reminds us that when Jesus died upon the cross, that he took sin upon himself and everything that the locusts stole. 
and that he nailed it to that cross and he buried it in the grave and that he rose victorious on the third day with all power so that now we don't live in fear and guilt nor do we live in shame, but now we have full access to a life full of joy, a life full of peace, a a life filled with his love. And so the question is, how does God restore those lost years and tears through the resurrection of Christ? Well, the resurrection restores lost years and tears because it allows us to live in confidence with God or with confidence in God. The resurrection of Jesus Christ tells us that nothing is impossible with him. The resurrection of Jesus Christ says that everything that God has promised to us will come to pass and nothing will thwart his plan. We celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ knowing that it is the down payment and fulfillment to abundant life. And there's three things in this text really quick and three ways that I want you to see how God uh, restores those lost years. And the first is this, is by understanding God's promised provision. Our lost years are restored when we live in confidence in light of the resurrection because of God's promised provision. We see in verse 18, Joel writes, then the Lord became jealous for his land and spared his people. The Lord answered his people, look, I'm about to send you grain, new wine and fresh oil. You will be saturated with them and I will no longer make you a disgrace among the nations. The threshing floor will be full of grain and the vats will overflow with new wine and fresh oil. Everything that Satan took through this locust and everything that sin took through this locust is restored. It's restored. God provides. And it is through Christ Jesus that we have promise of provision. Jesus told us that he is the very bread of life. Jesus told us that he is our living water. Jesus promised that if we find ourselves in physical need, in in emotional needs, in, in spiritual needs, that he is able to provide for us. And the resurrection says that he is truthful. The resurrection says he can do it. He can do it. The resurrection says that when Jesus invites us to consider the birds of the field, of the air, and the lilies of the field, and how God provides for the birds as well as for the flowers of the field, he will provide for us. The the resurrection says it's true. Amen. God will provide for me physically. God will provide for me emotionally with a peace that surpasses all understanding. God has provided for me spiritually in Christ Jesus, as Paul said in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, that I've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places that God, according to Peter, has given through his, God and his divine power has given us everything that we need according to life and godliness. How does God restore our lost years? He restores our lost years through the resurrection by saying, you can trust me. You can trust that I'll provide for you. Not only can you trust that I'll provide for you, but you can trust that I will protect you. We read this in verse 20. Joe writes, 
On behalf of God, I will drive the northerner far from you and banish him to a dry and desolate land. His front ranks into the Dead Sea and his rear guard into the Mediterranean Sea. His stench will rise. Yes, his rotten smell will rise for he has done astonishing things. And so here, more than likely, Joel is telling Israel that these locusts, which came from the northern region, God is going to banish them, to drive them out so that their land will be protected. And God promises in his word to protect us. And the resurrection is a reminder that he protects us. The resurrection is a reminder that, that he is able to complete the good work that he started within us. The resurrection reminds us that no one, no one who has been given to the Father and is in his hand can be plucked out of Jesus' hand. The resurrection reminds us that we ought not to fear what man can do to our body, but only to fear the one who is able to harm our body and soul. The way in which the Lord restores to us these lost years is by reminding us through the resurrection that all of his promises are yes and amen, and he can protect you. The resurrection says in the midst of this pandemic, he can provide for you materially. The resurrection reminds us that that he will give you physical food and spiritual food, but that he will also keep your soul in the midst of your doubt, in the midst of your fear. In the midst of maybe feeling away from God, the resurrection reminds us that God will keep you. Finally, the resurrection restores lost years and tears because it allows us to live with confidence in God. We can have confidence in God because of his promised presence. In verse 27, Joel writes, you will know that I am present in Israel and that I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. My people will never again be put to shame. You will know that I am present in Israel and that I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. The resurrection frees us from shame. It frees us from looking at our our past and the years that we wasted in sin, It frees us from our our silly and and stupid mistakes. It frees us from when we were living life uh, with our own advantage. It frees us from the shame of that, from beating ourselves up over that. Because it reminds us that our past is not what defines us. It reminds us that Jesus Christ died and rose so that we can have the forgiveness of sin. And by the way, Jesus' death proves that that he is human. And Jesus' resurrection proves that he is God. He is a God-man. And it's through this God-man sacrifice that we have his promised presence. Jesus told us that he would never leave us nor forsake us. Jesus uh, told us that that nothing will separate us from his love, that there is no locust that can keep us from him. In Romans 8, that trouble 
and hardship can't separate us. Persecution and famine can't separate us. Nakedness and sore can't separate us. Death, angels, demons, things present or things in the future, no powers, no height, nor depth, nothing in all of creation will be able to separate us from God's love and from Jesus' presence. The resurrection reminds us that it is true. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens them, who strengthens me, that we can make it through this pandemic without uh, being spiritually, emotionally, and mentally buried. The re- resurrection reminds us that even if our bodies were, were to contract uh, the coronavirus and we were to, to die, we would still live because Jesus said he is the resurrection of, and the life and that he has prepared for us an even better home. So the invitation today is for us to to hide in Christ. The invitation for us today is to not let the sins of our past shame us, but to let this Jesus who loved us while we were yet still sinners fill us. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 through 3, we read, So if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When our life is hidden with Christ in God, we experience this repayment of what the locust has stolen. Because we experience Christ's joy. We experience Christ's power. We experience Christ's peace. A great example of a person who had years stolen off of their life because of their sin is Mary Magdalene. The Bible says that Mary Magdalene was this woman who was known all throughout her city as being a a sinner. And the Bible says that this woman meets Jesus. And at the moment where she meets Jesus and repents and and returns to him, that she is restored. And the years of her life is restored. Uh, She is forgiven much and she responds by loving much in Jesus' presence. The Bible says that one day Mary Magdalene was at a party and there were Pharisees and, and religious leaders there. And Mary Magdalene took her hair and she began to wipe Jesus' feet with some expensive perfume while these religious leaders watched her and mocked her and sneered at her. But that didn't matter because the years that the locusts had taken from her no longer defined her. Her sinful past no longer defined her. And as those who have placed their faith in a crucified and risen Savior, our sins no longer define us. And so we can worship Jesus in the midst of haters. We can worship Jesus in the midst of a pandemic. We can worship Jesus in the midst of sickness. We can worship Jesus in the midst of loneliness. We can worship Jesus in the the presence of Satan knowing that what he is attempting to steal from us 
will not work. And like Mary Magdalene, we're free to experience true joy and true peace. I love what this passage says. Joe says, I will repay you for the years that the swarming locusts ate. What has the swarming locusts ate from you? What has sin taken from you? God says, I'll repay you. And here's what's beautiful. God doesn't owe us anything. Why is this perfect God repaying us who are sinners? He's repaying us not because we deserve repayment. He's repaying us not because we can work ourselves up to his righteous standard. He's repaying us because he is a gracious and compassionate God who does not require our works to make us right with him, but our faith in his resurrected son. God is saying, Christian, wipe off your shame. Turn away from your guilt. Doubt your doubts. Cast off your fears. Because my son is risen and I will provide for you. I will protect you. I will be present with you. And we know this is true, this Resurrection Sunday, even though we're not gathered together. Because God has made his home and his abode in our heart through his spirit. That the church is indwelled with his spirit. So even though we are separated right now and we're not together at this moment, we are united as one body because Christ, our resurrected king, defeated death. And the Holy Spirit indwells us. Resurrection. The resurrection is a message of hope. Every Sunday we take a meal together to remind us that God is able to restore the lost years that the locust has eaten. And we do this by reminding ourselves of the death of Jesus. The Bible says on the night when Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, he gave thanks, and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. In the same way, he took a cup and he said, this is, is cup is the new covenant of my blood shed for you. Christian, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he returns. And even though we're not going to take this meal together today, let us be reminded that Jesus' body was broken for us. That Jesus' body was pierced for our transgressions. And that when Jesus was rose, or when Jesus rose from the dead, that he still had scars in his palms. And his body still showed uh, that, that, that this locus of sin had an impact on him. But those scars did not define him. They were now a testimony about how his loving father repaid him by crowning him Lord over all things. And your scars don't define you. And this meal reminds us that God has 
declared Jesus as Lord over all things, and he can repay you for what sin, Satan, and the world has taken and attempts to take from you. Right now, we're not going to eat this meal. We rehearse this liturgy to remind us of the importance of this sacrament. But instead, I'm going to pray. And right after my prayer, we're going to have a a spoken word to help solidify the truths that we just heard. Let's pray. Hi, I'm Jamal Williams, lead pastor of Sojourn Midtown. Thanks for listening. At Midtown, we value gospel-centeredness, biblical faithfulness, transformative relationships, diverse fellowship, creativity in the arts, and relentless mission. For more sermons, info about our church, visit sojournchurch.com slash midtown.